Hello, and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share it with all of your friends. This episode, Sports Takes with Trey Blossman, brought to you by MeatAndPotatoesUSA.com. If you like to bet on football, college, NFL, bet on sports, Visit the brand new website. Sports betting is exploding in the USA. You need to check out the new website, meatandpotatoesusa.com. There's a How It Works tab. All the information is there, meatandpotatoesusa.com. Trey Blossom and I are going to talk about the LSU Tigers as well as college football, the early call on the season, and we'll shift gears into the NFL. We'll talk about the New Orleans Saints and a lot of other NFL news and notes for you as well. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have a YouTube channel, and I am the oldest dude on TikTok. Just look for Talking Sports with TK. And don't forget about MeatAndPotatoesUSA.com. You can reach us there as well. We're going to listen to a message from our host, Anchor, and we'll be back. We'll be joined by Trey Blossman. It's Sports Takes, all a part of Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan. Stay tuned. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We continue with Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan, about to be joined by Trey Blossman for this episode of Sports Takes. Hey, be sure you follow this podcast and share it with all of your friends and you like it. We're going to have some fun. we got some hard-hitting stuff for you today. Uh, Trey Blossman, how are you doing today? Doing good, Tommy. Doing good. Pretty day outside. Uh, LSU fans not threatening to jump off ledges this week. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> things are let's good. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about LSU. Their, their record is 2-1. We know they lost to UCLA on the road. And they defeated McNeese, and they defeated Central Michigan. Conference play starts this week. Some of your thoughts about the LSU Tigers uh, at the quarter pole, you know, a, f- a fourth of the way into the regular season. Your thoughts on LSU? Well, much more positive than they were after the first loss to UCLA or even the win against McNeese. You know, the kid at quarterback for Central Michigan, was the third highest rated high school quarterback recruit in the country his senior year. A guy's no slouch. And you could tell he he made plays. And under constant pressure, he made plays. He he was fairly impressive. They had some other talent on that team. Obviously, they put up some points. We, uh, you know, blew a play and gave them an easy one. But we had a couple of jump balls that wind up being scores as well. Uh, much happier with this performance. I think that Max Johnson's decision-making was better. I don't think they were trying to call the perfect play at the line of scrimmage every time. I think they called a play in the huddle, and they went with it. And sometimes with a quarterback maybe that's in, you know that young, maybe that's the best thing to do. 
in the NFL, you got an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees out there, and those guys see something that they want to change the play. Peyton Manning used to do it. Tom Brady, by all means, let them do it. But when you got a 19-year-old kid playing his fifth game as a college quarterback, maybe the thing to do is just simplify things a little bit. And I'll tell you that the depth, the young depth at wide receiver on this LSU team, Tommy, is almost an embarrassment of riches. I mean, they got enough guys. They could outfit three teams with wide receivers, and all three of those teams would have pretty pretty good groups in that wide receiver room. Uh, glad to see the kid leave from a meet finally doing, you know, making some plays. He was a highly recruited kid. Uh, Palmer being out the other night opened the door for some other kids to get some snaps. They all looked good. All of the wide receivers looked really good. Uh, the young running back showed me something. The kid from Ohio, because I'm old, his name's going to escape me here at the moment. Uh, but he showed some skill running the ball. He looked a lot like Clyde Edwards. He led. Similar size, similar spin moves. Uh, I liked what I saw out of the defense. I liked the pressure on the quarterback. I liked the defensive backfield play. And, again, it's Central Michigan. I'm not, you know, I understand who we played and who we beat, and I expected LSU to win. And the only reason I didn't pick them on my picks last week was because I already had too many favorites, and LSU had absolutely shown me no reason to pick them other than I had a hunch that this week they were going to show up and play. Now, what happens moving forward against Mississippi State this week is going to tell us a whole lot more as we play a, a better squad than we beat Saturday night. But, you know, I said after the UCLA loss, we come back, we win these next two, we get to two and one. We should have plenty of motivation to play a good game against the Bulldogs Saturday. We win that one. We're three and one, staring at Auburn. You go to four and one, you're back. You're back into having a good season all of a sudden, Tommy. Granted, you still have to play some pretty good football teams, but you know there was a lot of desperation after that first loss to UCLA. I, I said it on our podcast after the game. I, look, I, I, I'm not going to fall to pieces because of it. It, it was one game. We were young. We, we we didn't play with intensity. We'd been away from home for a week uh, because of uh, the hurricane and whatnot, and it just wasn't our week that week. Well, we've shown improvement each of the last two weeks. I hope we continue to show improvement the next two weeks, and I hope LSU's sitting at 4-1 and one after that Auburn game. Well, I, I certainly think LSU played better. Uh, they, they fixed some of the things that needed to be fixed. But as Coach Orgeron said Monday in his weekly press conference, you know, there's still some work to be done. There's still some things to be fixed, and they got to continue to try to get better. I thought he was, you know, point blank on that, and, and I thought it was quite, you know, honest, and it was accurate. I mean, they did do better. It was Central Michigan. You're right, the wide receivers, you know, that goes to the thing that, you know, the age-old uh, thing they say, look, when you're a backup or you're on that bench, you better be ready when they call your name and, and perform mentally and physically. Well, these kids got their name called due to injuries and other things, and they stepped it up. And then the, the freshman running back, Corey Kiner, you know, he, he probably earned a starting spot uh, for this Saturday morning in Starkville. 
and uh, Coach O praised him and said, hey, he's going to get some carries. And, and you know, the offense looks to be a little more in sync, a little better rhythm. But I, I agree with Coach Osborne. There's still a ways to go for this team, and it's going to be a big test. And we all know what happened last year. Mississippi State came into Baton Rouge and threw for like 7,000 yards and, and just really obliterated LSU and sent them into a tailspin that lasted a couple of months. And while every year teams are different, and obviously LSU's got a lot of new players and a lot of new coaches, you, you still have the situation that they know Mississippi State carved them up last year. And Mike Leach will have the ball in the air with the air raid offense. And I think it's going to be a challenge. LSU's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Starkville. I haven't decided how I'm going to handle that yet. We'll study a few more things this week. But uh, LSU, uh, it's conference play now. And nothing could be better than for them to get a win and get going because then the next week Auburn comes into Baton Rouge for an 8 p.m. kick on October 2. Trey Blossman, uh, what else in the world of college football three, four weeks into the season has caught your attention? Well, you know, I, I said last week there was only one outstanding team, and that was Alabama. This week I'm going to tell you there's no outstanding team. I don't think Florida is that great to elevate them to say, well, they were right there with Bama. That's another outstanding team. Georgia has shown some promise, but uh, I'm not totally convinced that they're that great as well. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of bad officiating, Tommy. I watched the fourth quarter of the Auburn-Penn State game. I didn't see a whole lot of the game prior to that. I had been following the score, obviously. But uh, pulling for Auburn, I'm an SEC guy. I got no reason to pull for Penn State, certainly. I thought Auburn got totally screwed by the officials in the fourth quarter on three or four different plays, not not just one or two. But an Auburn fan, an alumni, friend of mine, a, a female doctor who lives in Austin, who loves Auburn. I mean, that's where she went to school. She's been an Auburn fan since I've known her. She said that there were bad calls that went against Penn State, too. So I, I didn't see that, so I can't speak to that. But uh, I thought, man, there must have been some really bad calls in this game if this Auburn fan whose team got totally screwed said, yeah, well, they, they screwed Penn <laughs> State, too. So uh, and, I maybe have to go back and try and find a, and, and watch that whole game and see what happened. But, look, and, and, Clemson's won. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I need to point out that was an SEC officiating crew, just for the record yeah. there. So somebody did tell me that. Now, uh, subsequently, somebody tells me that Mississippi State got screwed over worse than what I saw Auburn get. So They did, uh, and that was an SEC officiating crew. Typically what happens is when you have a – like Mississippi State goes to Memphis or Auburn goes to Penn State, their conference officials follow them on the road – and then, you know, ideally or in theory, if Penn State were to come to Auburn in a year or two or three, they would bring Big Ten refs to call that game in the Auburn building. That's kind of the unwritten rule on how that works uh, in just about every case. Not every case, but in just about every case with the big-time college football road games like that. Uh, so so that's what you get. But, no, Mississippi State, they, and, and with the Mississippi State thing, it was an application of a rule that had nothing to do with judgment or – it was really close, or the replay showed this. They screwed up a rule that, you know, uh, really affected the outcome of that game. That was unfortunate. 
And, you know, with with high-definition cameras and 20 cameras in a stadium, you know, the officials get a lot of calls right, but unfortunately they get a lot of calls wrong and and, and whatnot. And one thing before we shift to the NFL, I mean, a lot of conversation about the targeting rule. You know, Auburn's best player got put out the game in the first half, and it was not a targeting call in any way you look at it, but they didn't overturn it. I think they got to change the targeting rule similar to the NFL where you're not kicked out of the game on the first one, maybe on the second one. It's too hard to deem intent. You know, uh, did the guy real, was he really trying to hurt somebody or did just the stuff happen so fast and the, the receiver or the running back lowered his body and then all of a sudden you hit well, that, that, that's a That's a big part of it, Tommy, when the offensive player is making a move lowering, diving, at the last minute changes their trajectory, and they force the contact as much as the defensive player. I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and, um, and, you know, the NFL recognized that, and they don't want to throw guys out of the game. So maybe that rule's got to trickle down at a collegiate level where, you know, unless it's one of those where the receiver's coming over the middle and the guy just launches his body head first, you know. I mean, you know, if it's blatantly obvious, then eject him from the game. But, you know, if not, I mean, call the penalty, you know, march off the 15 yards. Uh, maybe you make the guy sit out one play like you do when you lose your helmet. But, uh, you know, these penalties are just, you know, it's stuff happens so fast. I'm not pinning the tail on the donkey at a referee. But that's why you have replay to take a look and go, okay, pick that flag up. There was a legal hit. It was a hard hit, but it was a legal hit. So, you know, that's getting a lot of conversation this week. We're visiting with Trey Blossman. Don't forget, if you like to bet on football, visit meatandpotatoesusa.com. We're ready for a huge weekend at meatandpotatoesusa.com. Trey and New Orleans Saints, I, I want to change the, the, the acronym for the National Football League. Can I do that? Yeah. I, I, it's not going to be the NFL anymore. It's going to be the NFRCL. NFRCL. You, you want to know what that stands for? Yeah, yeah. It's the the National Football Roller Coaster League. Because these teams, I mean, they're up, they're down. They're up. I mean, how many teams perform great in week one, New Orleans Saints, awful in week two, New Orleans Saints, and there are other examples of that. I mean, that that NFL, it's always kind of been like a roller coaster league where, you know, a team that plays really good one week, you know, lays an egg the next week or vice versa. But it's been more magnified through these first two weeks of this season, starting with the New Orleans Saints, who we're both, you know, in the state of Louisiana and been here all our lives. But it's league-wide as well. The Saints really laid an egg. There was some extenuating circumstances, but it was the lowest, Offensive output says Sean Payton's been the coach in the Orleans Saints. Well, Tommy, two weeks in, there are seven teams that are two and zero. There are seven teams that are zero and two. The eighteen teams in the middle are one and one. So obviously, there's a lot of parity in this league. There's been some. Surprising things. I think the Raiders going undefeated in two weeks uh, against two good teams is a little bit surprising. Uh, The Saints, you know, Tommy, I I picked the Saints on the podcast Friday. And Friday night, I was watching the ticker on the screen while watching college football, and it said 
Saints down seven or eight coaches on Sunday. And my first thought was, I sure wish I had known that before I gave out a pick on the Saints. <laughs> and hopefully anybody who listens to the podcast will know that given any ability that I had, I would have retrieved that pick. I would have pulled that pick. I, Right. How do you make a how do you make adjustments during the game when you don't have any coaches? You know, uh, and that that was that, definitely that, a factor. I'm not saying that's why the Saints lost in the fashion that they did, but you got to believe that's a factor because normally, you know, we're not talking one coach, we're not talking two coaches, we're talking eight. You know, we're talking about the whole offense, the whole offensive staff, other than. John Payton, basically. Yeah, you know, and, I, and there were some players that were out, too. So that that was a factor, but, you know, injuries are part of the NFL, but missing eight coaches is not. I I, I don't ever recall such a thing, Tommy, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give them a pass on the game. I, I have to. Uh, I, I well, just, there's a long way I, to go. Let me say, let me say this. I, I didn't watch very much of it because there were better football games to be watching on Sunday. But, uh, I, I, you know, one and one, it's a better start than we've had some seasons. We've come out of the gate 0-2, oh 0-4. And oh and Saints under Sean Payton are notoriously slow starters. Let's wait and see what happens the next couple of weeks. We'll have a better idea. I'm not going to push the panic button. But, you know, Tampa looks real good. I'll say that. You know, they – Atlanta made a game of it, and then Tampa pulled away with a couple of pick sixes late in that game. But uh, there's some good football teams out there. The Saints are going to have to play some of them. I would just say this. Thank goodness we're no longer in the, in the West. The West is brutal with San Francisco, the Rams, Arizona, and Seattle. Seattle lost the game on Sunday, Tommy, in which they extended three drives twice by roughing the punter and once with a late high hit on the quarterback, Jamal Adams was in on that, but a game they should have won easily. They couldn't get off the field on fourth down because they kept running, not in running into roughing the punter, giving teams first down 15 yards, move it. You know, Tennessee took advantage of that. I got to give them credit, but I, I watched most of the fourth quarter of that game. Seattle absolutely gave that game away. Sometimes that happens in the NFL. Strange things happen in the NFL. They already have in the first two weeks. They will continue to happen. You know, Minnesota's 0-2. Minnesota might be the best 0-2 team I've seen (laughs) in a decade in the NFL. You know, uh, where will they? Will they be 2-2 in four weeks, or will they be 0-4? A lot lot remains to play out you know it's early a lot a lot has to be played out there's a long way to go in the nfl all right trey blossman a little bit later this week we'll have your college football picks as well as your nfl picks in the podcast uh later in the week we encourage folks to to get ready for that as well as all of the podcasts from talking sports with tk and if you like to bet on sports you like to bet on football Visit meatandpotatoesusa.com. they got a How It Works tab. You can find out all about that. Meatandpotatoesusa.com. Trey Blossom, you have a good day. We'll talk again in a couple of days. Appreciate it, Tommy. One quick thing in closing. I, I felt bad for Clyde Edwards-Hela the other night. Uh, KC 
in position to solve the game. He fumbles on second and three with a minute and 20-something seconds left. They uh, were in position to either kill the clock with a first down or go up eight with an easy Harrison-Butker uh, kick uh, field goal. But Clyde drops the ball on second and three. Baltimore goes down gets the score and the win. Uh, that's a shame. I really, I really like Clyde, and I felt bad for him for that. Well, and his teammates were, were encouraging him, and, and they, they, they know they're gonna got to count on him, and they're gonna expect him to bounce back. All right, Trey Blossom's picks come up a little bit later this week. Don't. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 